Hello everyone, this is Mrs. G's Storytime and we are reading Treasures of the Snow by Patricia Sanjan with permission of Moody Publishing Company. We are reading Chapter 14, The Handwork Competition. The sun woke Danny early next morning and he lay for a few moments trying to remember what important thing was going to happen that day. Soon it came back to him, and he sat up in bed and shouted for Annette. Annette, he called, come quick. I'm 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 coming to see you get the prize. Bring me my best black velvet suit and my embroidered braces and my waistcoat, quick. Annette pretended not to hear until he had said it four times, and then she sat up. Be quiet, Danny, she called back rather crossly. I don't suppose I will get that prize at all, and anyhow, it's much too early to get dressed. Papa's only just got up. Danny sighed and laid down again, but he was too excited to stop talking. He pulled Claus into bed with him and began whispering into one of her silky white ears. I shall go in the cart, Claus, he murmured, and I shall see all the things the children have made. But Annette's is the best, and I shall see her get a lovely prize, and I'll clap as loud as I can, and I shall wear my best braces. Claus yawned, and so did Danny. After all, it was very early in the morning, and when Annette came down later, she found them curled up into two little balls fast asleep in the sun. One and a half hours later, they were off, with Danny dressed in his best clothes. Papa pulled the cart, and Annette walked beside him, feeling dulled and sad and rather cross. What could make Annette feel so miserable on such a morning? The sun was shining, the river was glistening, and Annette was going to win a prize. There was everything to make them happy, and anyhow, Danny never felt sad or cross except when he had a pain in his leg. Have you got a tummy ache, Nett? asked Danny suddenly. Of course not, Danny answered Annette sharply. Why should I have a tummy ache? I just thought you might, replied Danny. Oh, Nett, look, there's a blue butterfly sitting on my shoe. But Annette did not even turn around to look at the blue butterfly. She walked on, staring at the ground. Whatever could be the matter with Annette. Already the schoolroom was filling when they arrived, and the desk had been stacked on one side, and the children's work was laid out on long tables, knitting, embroidery, lace, crochet work, making a very pretty show. Parents walked around admiring while the children jostled and nudged each other, pointing and chattering like magpies. Pierre, the postman's son, was standing by the wood carving table, close to his own piece of work a wooden inkstand with a bear standing over the inkwell. It was quite a good piece of work for a child of his age. Pierre, who was a nice boy, blushed a little and looked at the others as his friend slapped him on the back and congratulated him. Still, he was pleased with that little bear himself, and he looked up and smiled proudly at his mother, who was coming towards him across the room. Lucien was there, too, wandering around by himself as usual for his mother had not finished getting the hay and it had not come down. He stared gloomily at the ink stand and compared with the heavy-looking bear with his own sprightly galloping horse. If only that accident had not happened, the children would be standing around him instead of around Pierre. He felt a great anger stab of jealousy for Pierre, who was clever and good-looking and good at games and who, who now was going to win the prize that belonged to Lucien. He drifted away into a corner by himself and stared gloomily at the cloud crowd. Annette, surrounded by a group of chattering friends, were, was strangely silent. 
Some thought she might get the prize. Other thought Janine might get win. Then there was much guessing and running to and fro, and, and much putting together of heads, and some saying one thing and some another. Only Annette, usually so bright and talkative, said nothing. Danny, his hands clasped, clasped tightly in his father's, hopped around inspecting everything, and everyone made way for him and gave him a kind word as he passed. Then, having seen all they wanted to see, he went to the stand at the end of the long table close to Annette's entry, so he might be at the right spot when the prize winner was announced. The door opened, and a sudden hush fell over the chattering crowd. The man from the town by the lake had arrived to judge the work. The children and the parents stood quietly against the walls as the tall man walked slowly around, picking up and examining first one thing and then another. He praised a great many of the entries and spoke kindly of, of, of them all. He had come prepared to see a good exhibit, he said, and he was not disappointed. He looked through the children's exercises books and piled on the table at the far end of the room and talked about their work. He was a kind, patient man, but very slow. All that the children wanted to know was who was going to win the prize. He was going to make up his mind about the girls first. He walked over to Marcel's lace and examined it carefully, and then went back to Annette's knitted sweater and turned it over in his hands. The room was so silent you could hear a pin drop. And then suddenly the silence was broken. My sister made that, said a clear, distinct child's voice. And the big man jumped and peered over the end of the table. He saw a small brown face with round blue eyes lifted to his, alight with hope and eagerness. Then your sister is a very clever girl, replied the big man gravely. As he spoke, with, he noticed the crutches. I think it's the very best of all, don't you, went on Danny eagerly, not noticing at all that everyone in the room was listening to him. All he knew that he, that he wanted Annette to win. The big man had not quite made up his mind when Danny first spoke, but now he suddenly felt quite certain. Yes, I do. I think it is the very best, answered the big man. And Danny immediately turned around on his crutches and faced his sister, who was blushing deeply at his bad behavior. You've got the prize, Annette, called, called out Danny, and everyone burst out laughing and started clapping. And so in this unusual, unexpected fashion, the prize winner for the girls was announced. Pierre won the boys' prize, and it was, it was announced properly after a suitable speech to which none of the children listened. Then there was tea and rolls, gingerbread, macaroons, and then Pierre went home with a crowd of admiring friends who all brought chocolate sticks for him for winning. Lucien went down to the village alone to collect the bread, and when he came back past the school, the, the playground was deserted and the children had all gone home. He climbed the whole the hill slowly, but it was not the, the weight of the, the bread basket on his back that bowed his shoulders or made him walk with his eyes on the ground. Lucien was very unhappy. Why was it that one day it seemed easy to be brave and cheerful and the next day it seemed impossible to be anything but angry and jealous? Yesterday on the way home from visiting the old man, he thought he wouldn't mind seeing Pierre win the prize, but today he hated Pierre. The old man had talked about trying to become what God meant you to be, but somehow, however hard you tried, it seemed impossible to change yourself for long. And yet the old man had become different, and Lucien found himself wondering how. 
the old man talked had talked about God, and perhaps God could make nasty people nice if they if they asked him. Lucian felt he didn't know much about God. Anyhow, God was probably very angry with him for being so wicked to Danny. But could God really love him much? Surely God wouldn't forgive something so bad as in a hurry. And even if he did, nobody would. His unhappiness came over him again, and he gave a little sniff and kicked angrily at the stones on the path. He was passing the corner where the path divided, not far from Annette's chalet, and as he branched off towards his home, he suddenly heard a little child singing, and he turned to look. Danny and Claus were sitting on the hallowed-out pile of new hay, like two birds in a nest, and Danny's bright head was bent low over something. His crutches lay on the ground beside him. Because he was feeling so lonely, Lucien drew a step nearer and stopped watching. Start, stood watching. Suddenly his cheeks flushed with pleasure, and he drew a sharp little breath. Danny had dug out a sort of cave in the wall of the hay nest, and inside, inside it was grouped all the little wooden animals that Lucien had carved with such care. So she did give them to him, thought Lucien to himself with a little thrill of happiness, and he does like them. And then aloud he said, What are you playing at, Danny? Danny jumped and looked up and saw the boy who had tried to kill his kitten. His first reaction was to seize Claus around the middle tightly and say, Go away, you horrid boy. But as he said it, he, although he was only five years old, could not help noticing that Lucien looked very unhappy, and unhappiness was not a thing that his friendly little heart could not bear. So, still holding the struggling claws very tightly, he added after a moment's pause, I'm playing with my fairy Noah animals, and Nett said I mustn't talk to you. I wouldn't hurt you, answered Lucien very gently. I'm sorry about your leg. That's why I made those animals for you. You didn't make them, answered Danny cheerfully. I found them behind the woodpiles. The fairies put them there. Lucien was just about to answer when Annette's voice came sharp and shrill from the door of the chalet. Danny, she shouted, come in at once. Supper's ready. Lucien turned around. So she, so she didn't tell him, he thought rather bitterly, bitterly. Still, it was nice to know that Danny loved them and played with them. One day he might get the chance to explain and then perhaps he and Danny would be friends. He climbed the path between the hay fields and feeling a bit more cheerful. Danny hopped into the kitchen and climbed onto his seat, his nose twitching joyfully at a rabbit, like a rabbit at the, scent, at the smell of Grandma's potato soup. Net began Danny. Lucien said he made my fairy Noah animals, but he didn't, did he? The fairies put them behind the woodpile, didn't they? He, he wasn't speaking the truth, was he? I've told you not to talk to Lucy and Danny, said Annette crossly. He'll only hurt you again. He's a horrid boy. Yes, answered Danny, and I only talked to him a teeny-weeny bit. But he didn't, did he? Annette, tell me. Annette hesitated. She was a truthful child, but she did not want to, and she did not want to tell a lie. But if Danny knew, he would be so grateful that he would forgive Lucy at once and go and thank him. There was no telling where it would all end. They would become friends in a few minutes and it would be hard enough as it was to make Danny unfriendly with anybody. But if he knew about the animals, it would be quite impossible. You know you found them in the woodpile, she replied, looking away. So how, how could he have made them? Don't be silly, Danny. He said he did, answered Danny. 
But I don't think he didn't. I know he didn't. It must have been the fairies, mustn't it, Aunt Nett? But I don't know, Danny, replied poor Annette wearily. How do you ch- how you do chatter? Eat your soup quickly, and it or it will be cold. Danny obediently buried his nose in his bowl, but his grandmother, whose dim old eyes saw more than most people's, looked very hard at Annette. She too had heard and wondered at the story of the animals in the woodpile. Annette, knowing that her grandmother was looking hard at her, went very red. Going over to the stove, she pretended to help herself to more soup, but she only took a little, for somehow she wasn't very, wasn't a bit hungry. The day she had looked forward to for so long was all spoiled. She got the prize she wanted so badly, but it hadn't made her a bit happy. In fact, she was really miserable. She washed up the supper things in silence, tucked up and kissed a warm, sleepy Danny. And then she slipped out alone into the summer evening. She usually loved being out alone on the summer evening to do just as she pleased, just her and the still blue mountains. But tonight it was different. Nothing pleased her. She could think of nothing but that smashed little dog horse lying trampled on the ground and of the light that had died in Danny's face when she had spoken so crossly to him. Perhaps I shall never like being alone again, thought poor Annette, and she turned back towards home. I wish I could tell someone. It wouldn't be so bad then. I wish Mummy was still alive. Oh, I wish, I wish, I wish I hadn't done it. And tomorrow is chapter 15, Christmas Again and Gingerbread Bears. I love you, I'm praying for you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.